On the block, on demand. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. First half, it was pretty good. We were getting to their shooters, bothering them, getting them off balance. Once we started pressing, you know, we're going to give up open shots. And that's what happens. It's, it's a matter if you want to just play this whole way and lose by 10 or 12. Try to get back or lose by 20. You know, that's you just have to make that decision. And I didn't have a lot of confidence in it, but it did work in Syracuse. It was good for us. We got back from a 20-point deficit to two. Jim Beheim there. That was after the pit game, and it wasn't uh, just now. Certainly, the press exacerbated the issue and, and gave Pitt some open shots. I would certainly uh, anticipate that Georgia Tech, while they don't have the personnel that Pitt does and don't have the offensive prowess that Pitt does is going to try a couple of pages out of their book and try and look, no surprises here. Georgia Tech's not a good offensive team. You can't let them come out. Let your issues on defense, let them bump up their three-point percentage tonight. Pressure you on offense. Georgia Tech's played a lot of close games as of late. I brought it up. The spread is nine tonight. Their last, what was it, eight games, I believe, have been decided by nine points or less. For entertainment purposes only, if you're looking to go one way or the other on that one. More to come on that through the afternoon, and I'm going to stick around and uh, do some Syracuse basketball pregame for you coming up top of the hour. Take it right until tip time as uh, Matt Park and Jim Sadlin on the call. Make sure you go check out the pregame show if you're going up to the Dome tonight in the backcourt area of the Dome. And then afterwards, Brian Higgins is going to be uh, breaking it down, taking your calls, and hanging in the chat at QSportsTalk.com. So come on back right here as soon as Syracuse and Georgia Tech is over. Uh, earlier today, uh, Syracuse Athletic Director John Wildhack was on Orange Nation. I would encourage you to go check out that entire interview at ESPNSyracuse.com. Uh, certainly the future of Jim Beheim was a topic of discussion here. Uh, Wildhack first here on just that issue. It's on everybody's lips right now. The future of Jim Beheim and Syracuse. You know, I'm focused, Steve, again, I, I'm, I'm focused on this year and finishing this year. And then you know, we'll sit down as, as coach and I do at the end of every year. And we'll talk, we'll talk about the future. Let me tell you what, where I'm leaning here and, and not that my opinion matters, but the, I'm, I'm paid to give you my opinion. I think the whole thing of Jim Beheim deserves to decide when he retires is certainly still applicable, but that no longer comes with the, and we don't know when that is. It's time to put an expiration date on this thing, okay? This can no longer be just, you know, you look in the cupboard and you grab a can of soup and you're like, where's the expiration date on this thing? I think when they have those conversations, what's got to come out of those conversations, if he coaches next year, What's the end game here? And I think that's got to be made public. Now, Jim said it on a show. I played the clips last week. He said it before that they don't like to disclose that for recruiting reasons. They don't like to disclose his contract for recruiting reasons. They also are not obligated to as a private school, nor do they want to uh, disclose that as a distraction. Uh, well, I'm here to tell you it's a distraction even without knowing that because it's the hot topic right now. 
It's been a topic forever, but it's really burning brighter than usual, given that Syracuse has struggled for a second straight year here. So you're not avoiding the distraction. And uh, go talk to some of your public school colleagues. We know what their contracts are, because I can look it up. It's a public document, right? Now, that's an advantage for Syracuse and Wild Hack and Everybody up there will hide behind that as often as they can until they're forced to disclose these things with tax documents and uh, certain public things they have to put out there. But you're usually two years behind on that. But I don't know when Jim Beheim's contract ends. I don't know when Dino Baber's contract ends. I've heard some things uh, that, that have not been confirmed by anybody because they don't have to confirm it you know, officially. I think I know when both of those contracts end, but I, I would be um, it, it'd just be speculation on my part. And my speculation, my informed speculation, is Baber's contract is up at the end of 2024 and that Bayheim's got one more year on his deal. I don't know that to be sure. I want to be clear about this. That's only speculation. That's only what I, well, this is what I think because they keep that pretty tight-lipped up there. But it does you no good. It's not a strategic advantage anymore to keep anybody's contract status behind the wall the football coach or the basketball coach, and those are the two uh, main ones we discuss, of course. So when you have that conversation, not only would I encourage you to put the expiration date on this thing, whenever that's going to be, as Wild Hack discusses here as well, I would broaden the scope of your plan beyond just the two assistant coaches sitting next to Bayon. Yeah, I think at some point, at some point it will. It's something I've given a lot of thought to, and um I think any athletic director doesn't matter the sport, Steve. You've always got you know kind of a list of a working list of of, of potential coaches. Um, at the same time, I mean, you know, what Coach Bam, as you said, what he's done here is is unprecedented. Um, and any conversations that we talk, but those conversations, um, you know, those are confidential as they are with any of our staff members. So, you know, in in due time, you know, there there we will we will. Uh, you know, talk about the future, but our focus right now is we've got to finish these two regular season games, play in the ACC tournament, and really turn our attention towards the 20, 2023 and 2024 season and, and put our f- full uh, full effort into that. And remember how fast things move now. Let's say Syracuse loses in the ACC tournament, does not get a bid to any postseason tournament beyond that, which is likely at this point. It's giddy up time. You do your exit interviews. You try and figure out as best as you can who's in, who's out, who's in the portal, who's not. You, I, I'm not sure the exact date the portal opens, but you got to be ready when that thing happens. I mean, Jim mentioned it last week. He's already had uh, eight or nine players reach out. So they probably have a plan ready to go, but things are, are humming as soon as the season over. So for John to say that, it's understandable that that's when you sit down and have the conversation, but that's going to be a quick conversation because the offseason starts immediately whenever your season ends, even with the tournaments going on and postseason basketball happening. And let's just say, for argument's sake, that Judah Mintz does want to test the NBA waters. That's a process. So you might not know whether you firmly have him back or not for another month or two. So does that kick the can down the road even more? So like this whole thing about... I don't know when we're going to know exactly what Bayheim's status is for next year. Like, he'll be asked about it, whatever their last game of the year is, if that is the ACC tournament. I highly doubt he's going to tell us then. And then it's a matter of what, it, to be fair, what's the best strategy there? When's the best time to reveal that for 
the immediate future of next year's team, but also, of course, the big question beyond that. Because you got to figure out, is Judah Mintz coming back? you got to figure out, is Joe Girard coming back? Is Jesse Edwards coming back? The players you think are going in the portal, how replaceable are they and how quickly? Are you going to know what your roster looks like? Remember, the portal, it's not like this thing's open for a week. It's open for an extended period of time. Syracuse pounced quickly in the portal the year before last with Simeon Torrance, with Cole Swider, with Jimmy Beheim. Sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. The portal's different now. It's advanced. It's, you know, the player's going with a plan now. Used to be, let me go in the portal and see who's interested. Now they know who's interested. Now it's like just a matter of you got to act quickly. And you've now you've got to top that with not only uh, – going into the portal, but you might get into a bidding war with somebody for NIL money, right? All these things uh, part of the wacky world of college sports these days. I wanted to play one more clip from uh, John Wildhack's appearance earlier today, and I wonder if you agree with this. The goal for any of our programs, right, and, and I've said this in regards to football and other sports, the goal of any of our programs is to, is to, to make the postseason. Right. If you make the postseason, doesn't matter the sport. If you're in the NCAA tournament, okay, you've had a good year, a really good year, and I've got a chance to turn a really good year into do a special year. And when you don't, obviously, it's disappointing, regardless of the program. I actually agree with this. I've been on the record of saying this with every sport. Now, football is a little different because it's not a true postseason; it's a bowl game. But you'd rather have a bowl game than not. Syracuse went to a bowl game this year. They lost that bowl game, but they were in a bowl game. Most of the other sports, of course, get in the tournament. The men's soccer team did that this year. Now, we knew they were going to make the tournament. They were showing some championship caliber stuff way before the tournament started. But that's always been my thing. Just make the tournament. And Syracuse has some built-in strategic advantages once they get there. Now, the problem is the zone's not one of them anymore. It was two years ago. I'll grant you that. San Diego State, they, they were seeing ghosts out there against that thing. And West Virginia, while it was a closer game, had 12 turnovers in the first half and played catch-up most of the second half. By the time they, they made that thing a game, Syracuse got by and won by three. And then they played Houston in the Sweet 16, who had a week to get not only ready for the zone, but was a much better defensive team than, than Syracuse was and shut them down. But you're talking about 2021, you're talking about 2018, you're talking about 2016. You can't just brush aside a Final Four and two Sweet 16s. I get that. But you're not even meeting your own standard. You had a losing season last year. You're not going to make the tournament this year. So what is the conversation about going forward? That's what I want to know. What's through my windshield, not my rearview mirror? And why will Jim Beheim still be the best coach going forward? I don't want to hear about resumes. I'm not here to kiss the ring again. I don't want to hear about what's back there. No. Why is he the best coach for this team next year with whatever makeup of the roster is? That's going to be the question. When the season ends, which right now is going to be in Greensboro. That's like a week and a half from now, right? 
see how quickly this is going to come, and those things that Wild Hack were discussing are, are going to be real. Now, again, we might not know that. They might defer. They might say, look, let's see who's coming back, who's not. If you are going to retire, let me look around here. I know you probably would prefer that Jerry or Red takes over. That's probably the plan. That's my guess. It's never been revealed, but that's that's my uh, educated guess on that one. But everything that Wild Hack said there made sense. It's just how much time are you going to have to do that, right? All things to ponder here, but uh, there's a game tonight. We should probably focus on that a bit, too, which we will do coming up during Syracuse basketball pregame top of the hour. We'll change the sign on the door and tell you everything you need to know about this Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket squad coming in, a team Syracuse already beat this year, 80-63. to So we'll do that coming up. When we uh, come back, though, on the other side, uh, Lukey will take us on the blind side. Don't go anywhere. No one brings you more Syracuse women's basketball coverage. We are live and local a Galaxy Media Partners Station. ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back, friends. Syracuse Georgia Tech pregame coming up in about 15 minutes. Get you ready for the matchup at the JMA tonight. Reminder, that game is not live on television. It is on TK99, of course, with Matt Park and the coach Jim Sadlin, but... uh, ACC Network Extra, ESPN 3, if you want to check out this game live. I mean, that, that what a sad state of affairs. Like, the Yes Network, the regional sports network, is like, nah, we're going to show a Nets game. Right. <laughs> like, come on. I got a call from a Father Guido in the Vatican. He's, I don't know. He said, tell Brent I called. Uh, he was wondering how he could watch the game, so I, I had to let him know. <laughs> I don't know if that's someone you're familiar with. I am. Okay. A great old Saturday Night Live bit for those oh, okay. of you that uh, there remember you go. that. All right. There you go. So uh, get on get on the app there. Get on the ACC Network Extra if you want to watch this game tonight. That's just sad. That's, that's sad. Now, it should be noted before we go to the blind side, Wild Hack did try to get it moved. But Wild Hack, former ESPN executive, yeah. couldn't even talk people at ESPN to put it on one of the their other channels. Wow. I don't know what else is going on tonight. Yeah, on ESPN News. I haven't. Yeah, like what's <laughs> is ES? I they, they actually have to keep. I think ESPN News available for an overflow right, channel right. for some other games. But you got a hundred channels now. Is ESPN Classic still on? Like I know, put it on somewhere. Let's do the blind side. It's time for the blind side. What you got there, homie? This is going to be kind of a mean question to start things off. Um, towards right. our good friends at Georgia Tech, but I have to ask this. Take into account football and basketball. Mm-hmm. Is Georgia Tech's Tech the least sexy matchup that Syracuse has? Yes, I agree. Yeah, and they played them twice this year. Georgia Tech's one of those oh yeah those guys kind of thing. Yeah, he used to hate playing Georgia Tech in football because they ran the triple option, right? Now the cool thing about playing Georgia Tech is when you go on the road, Atlanta's a cool city to go to. Right. So I, I, you got that going for you, which is nice, but. I like how you term that. Least sexiest matchup, the answer is yes. Yeah, like no one's like, oh, man, we're playing Georgia Tech in either sport. There's no, like... Like, no one says, oh, Georgia Tech. <laughs> That's hot. Like, no. At least with, like, Wake Forest, you've gotten some good games in both sports. Yeah. You know? Georgia Tech, you don't have that. Yeah. I, they barely play in football anyway. But, yeah, I think you're right. I there. think you're on the right uh, road there, my friend. 
So a new rule is proposed in the NFL today by the Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh. And that is to adopt the XFL onside kick rule, which is instead of doing onside kick, it's go for it for a fourth and 15. If you get it, you get the ball back. What do you think? I certainly think the NFL is going to take some things from the XFL. And if they take something, that'd be at the top of my list. Really? Yes. No one ever converts the onside kick anymore. Now, there's still drama there. But instead of an onside kick, if you can convert a fourth and 15, you get the ball. Like, who's not watching that? Yeah, it's true. My one worry, though, is like, are we, why are we rewarding teams for being down? You know, it's supposed to be hard to get the ball back. True. But at, how often is there an onside kick? That's the thing. Like, it happens so infrequently that I think they should do it. Now, when you said Philly was proposing a rule, I was hoping that it would be mandated that all two-point conversions must be the Philly special. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently that's not what we're doing. No, Darn unfortunately it? not. Unfortunately not. Okay. Uh, speaking of rule changes, the NCAA uh, is investigating ways to make football games shorter. Yes. Uh, they are considering running clock uh, after out-of-bounds plays, except in the final two minutes. Do it. No consecutive team timeouts. Do it. And no more untimed downs at the end of quarters. Do it. Yes, 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 and yes. Yeah. College football games are too long. Brutal. They're brutal. They take too long. I don't know why they stop the clock after the incompletions. The back-to-back thing, that's just so you can't ice the kicker, basically. Yes, 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 and yes. Am I about to say this, Lukey? College football should take a cue from baseball and speed up the game. But yes, they should. Not. I mean, they have a, a play clock, so you don't have to steal that idea, but... Yeah, college football games are brutal, man. It's three and a half hours. Sometimes and it's four. all unnecessary dead time yeah. that makes it go on longer. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes Let's is the answer to that. Please. I have to ask you this after all the Leslie Frazier talk of course, yeah. today. Should the Bills uh, take a, a peek at Rex Ryan for the D.C. job? <laughs> Get your dog biscuits ready. I. Uh, yeah, why not? I don't think they do it, obviously. Sean McDermott, Rex Ryan. I don't think it's like oil and water right there. Leslie Frazier today steps aside and wants to take the year off. Yeah. Weird. It is weird. I know. I I wonder if there's going to be anything else that comes out of it. I think McDermott's essentially going to be the D.C. next year. That's what Bean kind of is. Yeah, that's what uh, the GM Brandon Bean was saying today. Mm. Interesting, interesting. That's the blind side. We'll come back, head down the home stretch, but uh, we're not going anywhere because we got Syracuse basketball pregame coming up top of the hour. Stay right there.